Welcome to another Monday um, edition of the Weekend Wire. We got Aro here as always. Um, two weeks into the NBA season, pretty much. Um, we had we've had some fireworks. We've had some excitement. Some early surprises um, for some teams that underachieved last year, maybe overachieving this year, and sort of the other way around with that. But we wanted to lead off with. Steph Curry uh, scoring 62 points um, last night. This did bust my Blazers minus three and a half that I had. That's so tough. <laughs> uh, pretty early. Yeah, once I saw Steph had like 29 in the first half, I kind of threw in the towel on that. But um, yeah, 62 points. Um, that hasn't been done since I believe Mello in 2014. And yeah, that's yeah. Really, it was, really. was mellow back in 2014. So it's been. It's Harden been hasn't done it. What? I'm surprised Harden hasn't done it. Yeah, Harden has gotten 60. Um, yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah, Harden's gotten 60 point triple doubles. Uh, yeah, Harden's gotten 60 twice apparently. Okay. Clay has gotten 60, wow. and then Lillard got 61 last twice last year, and yeah. Harden Harden has also gotten 61 twice, as has LeBron. Or LeBron has gotten it once, but 62 is kind of rare error if you're getting to um, a lot of Wilt games. Um, obviously, your boy Booker got 70 once, McGrady done it once, and then that mellow game against the Bobcats that a lot of people have a fond memory of. So, but yeah, in this one, Steph, there was a lot of uh, Twitter discords about him not sort of like every it was like every game basically after like they started off uh one and two or one and three whatever it was was kind of like Steph's legacy is on the line tonight like and that's how that's how the discussion sort of was in like LeBron elimination games in the playoffs but oh, people God, take it yeah. very seriously and they lose to the Blazers uh two nights before uh by like 30 and that that game I actually I had the Blazers in that game so I was happy about that but I took them again um, obviously, obviously didn't happen for me, but Steph comes out and just, you could tell, um, first quarter that something, something was happening. And, um, it wasn't even just the threes really early on that kind of came on in the second half. He was, uh, getting to the basket and doing just a lot of different, like if you watched, if you were, if you were to just watch a video of the 62 that he had, like no, no possession or bucket sort of looks the same. There's just a lot of different, um, fluid fluidity so what did you think about that um i mean it, it's kind of the step performance that i guess we've been waiting for and uh, obviously he he seemed to like actually be looking at twitter and, and he took a lot of that stuff personal um and he kind of said that after the game as well um, and i mean you could see how much it meant to him like right after he hit that the final three and like three it was kind of crazy three yeah yeah and he came over and i mean like the bench was hype he was really hyped that's probably the most hype that i've seen him since like they were playing the playoffs against like Cleveland two years, three years ago. Um, like that, it's been a while. Um, I don't think he was even like that excited even after he scored 41 or whatever in the, in the finals against Toronto. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, the, tw the Twitter discourse around him has been a little bit disrespectful last week or so, last couple of weeks. Um, I think it's gotten a a little bit out of hand. Um, they're very early into the season. Um, he has a lot of things that he's still figuring out. And I mean, Draymond coming back in that game, I think helped a, a lot as well. His defense helped. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's good to see he's back, hopefully. And the Blazers weren't even playing their uh, drop coverage like they have done against him in the past, where he's just sort of able to pull up for threes. That's basically fantastic. They were they were doubling him. They were giving him a lot of different looks, um, and he was able to just sort of knife knife the defense there. Wiseman is a big help. Um, that was something I noticed. I didn't even have the game on for that long, honestly. But when I did have it on, Wiseman was um, doing pretty well. And Draymond, like you said, he's back, but he's still on a limits uh, restriction here. So right. um, yeah, once he's fully back, this team could be even more explosive. I still think that. This doesn't really change things for me that much of how I see their outlook. I think the sixty, I think the sixty-point explosion is not something we're going to see. You maybe see it once or twice more, but um, for him to just be able to do that against a team like uh, when the defense is completely focused on you, and that's not even something you could have if you're Lillard on the other side of this. Or if you still got McCollum, who's 
just as dangerous as a scorer. Um, and Seth, it's kind of all on him. Uh, no one respects Wiggins. They definitely don't respect Ubre. And then after that, it's kind of slim pickings besides Wiseman. And Wiseman isn't isn't ready to sort of go into that role yet. So, um, yeah, super impressive performance from Steph. They've got the Kings tonight. Um, I'm sure he'll be tired, but I hope he can sort of follow up that performance with something. Um, maybe Halliburton can give him some trouble. But yeah, I think he'll he'll probably struggle a little bit more against the Kings. The Kings defense, at least from what I saw of them um, in a couple games they had against the Suns, they're a little bit like a, their perimeter defense is a lot stronger, um, I think, than what Portland can kind of offer up. So we'll see. Um, I took the under in that game, um, but they said that. The, the line at like 234, I think. So it's a little bit high. But in the Kings game? I'll see. Yeah, in the Kings game. Mm, that is, I'm hammering the under on that one. That is, <laughs> it's, that's a lock. Almost, All right, plenty more gambling talk ahead. Um, yes. But <laughs> we wanted to hit the um, Sixers, who are sort of quietly um, – in possession of the best record in the NBA so far. The Suns had that title until last night. For um, a day. Let's go. For a day, yeah. <laughs> hey, they might get back. Um, they, they might get it back. But the Sixers are sort of this this little um, – the, the tweak that they made to sort of focus around shooting a little more with uh, Seth Curry and Danny Green coming in. It's worked. Um, especially that game against the Magic um, – where they just blew him out by 40. It was just – there were these plays where Simmons is just getting ahead of the defense and doing a little trailing three off to Harris, and Harris is just shooting at no hesitation. And just a lot of plays like that where it's just like good offense where you don't you don't have to hesitate and you're making these quick decisions. Um, and that's something that the Sixers have been lacking the past couple of years, and that's really the, the strength of this team is – this is, is sort of this um, – fast break game on offense that um, we saw that we saw in 2018, really when they had the, the lineup with Covington and Sarek, Saric around uh, Simmons and Embiid, which and Redick as well, which is yeah. sort of what they're trying to replicate here with this new uh, roster. you sort of slot Harris into that um, Saric spot. But um, that's something that we saw work for them a lot that season, especially with Simmons and Embiid just be, being able to overwhelm you with athleticism and the lobs and the, Nice passes. Um, yeah, I mean, he is a beast in transition. I think he's one of, like, the top five players in the NBA in transition. Yeah, his, I mean, his just speed with the ball, his his vision, um, and how, like, how just tall he is, like, getting over the defense. Even when there's not, the like, court, like, yeah, yeah, even when there's not, like, a clear-cut, like, layup for him, he's kicking out the corner, um, doing all that stuff. And that's really where he thrives. If you're, if you're the Sixers, you might as well just avoid getting the half court as much as you can when he's on the floor, because that's where sure. he struggled. Um, and you've got, they have doc who is this sort of Tobias Harris whisperer. It almost seems like because his two best years in, in his career um, have, have been under doc. And now he's, he's getting to play under him again. I don't really know how much you can read into that, but it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I think he might be more benefiting, like, this year at least more from spacing than I think Doc specifically. Yeah, that's true. Know. There was Yeah, there was a decent amount of spacing on that Clippers team, but to be fair, yeah, not a lot of spacing from Philly yeah. in, the, in the recent years. Um, I, I would say that um, their defense has been good as always. That was not something that was really considered to be a problem. Maybe people picking on Seth Curry a little bit, and Harris is a little overrated as a as a defender. Um, but he's been great. If and if for him, it's just a lot of like if he's able to make these open threes, like it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be, he's gonna have a lot of success. So I, I think that. Um, for them, if they can just keep sort of running in transition, um, they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, which is not something that they were really doing last year. Um, last year, they were fantastic at home and then pretty bad on the road. Um, this year, that's kind of balanced out a little bit without the fans, but they still have sort of the moral home home court advantage. The schedule gets a lot tougher for them. Um, 
pretty soon. And I'll be excited to see if they can uh, sort of weather the storm there. And this is where we're going to find out what this team really is. Um, they've been they've been a team that has just, like, struggled to go get over the hump here um, in the past few playoffs, especially. Um, well, 2019 is sort of Kawhi's shot. You've got last year, Simmons being out. Yeah. But, um just in general, like people kind of think of them as, as a disappointment. Um, and I, it's I think they haven't happen. really made it further than like I think people have expected them to. You know, I mean, a first round exit at the end of the day is, is not great, um, no matter what the circumstances are. Especially the way that they lost to Boston, um, I think was more concerning than just the fact that they lost. Um, it just felt not competitive in a lot of ways. Um, and there just seemed to be a massive gulf between them and like the top three, four teams in the East the last couple of years. Um, I think Jimmy helped bridge a lot of that in 2019. And you kind of hope that that would carry over in the next year. And it just didn't. Um, obviously he left. And, and I think that um, th that's what's been frustrating for Philly, especially that like you can't get over some of these teams that like, I think in the past that you've had them better than um, that I've had them as we thought that they were better than, but they just uh, can't get over the hump. Well, Embiid has been really good so far. Um, he's been picking on the teams that they played without any elite big men. Right now they have a net rating of exactly eight, which is good for third in the league behind the Lakers and Bucks. the team, the two teams. That's a good that spot to be in. Yeah, they will be able to have in finals. Your sons are fourth. Um, yeah. Sixers. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, Sixers are number one in defensive rating. They're only 16th in offensive rating, which is a bit of a surprise. But um, the when you have a rating is quite a lot higher. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure their defensive rating is. Um, I mean, their offensive rating in transition is probably insane. Um, yeah, I. I when you have a when you have a defensive rating of a hundred or under, that's usually means you're doing pretty good. Um, yeah. And they've had that. And it's pretty impressive that they have a defensive rating that's under the Bucks. Um, and the Bucks right now are actually ninth, but they the Bucks have sort of been like the standard for defensive rating the last two years, along with the Raptors. And the Raptors are fifth right now. But um, yeah, the Pelicans are are actually third there. Um, we can talk about that a little later, but. Um, good thing, bright things are ahead for Philly. It seems um, they've got a lot of big games coming up, and we'll yeah, find. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn and Denver this week, I think. So. Yeah, I'm particularly excited for that Brooklyn game. Just sort of see how they defend Katie and Kyrie. Um, yeah, and I think Katie might struggle against Ben Simmons. You would, yeah. yeah. I mean, who, I, who are they putting? I guess they're putting Danny Green on Kyrie. I don't really. They're know. putting Danny Green on Kyrie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with you in the KD thing though, because Simmons is almost his height and he's got the the quickness. Um, so yep. see, that should be a must-watch game. Um, mm -hmm. Moving on to another team in the East um, that usually overachieves over is the Raptors, who are struggling out of the gate a little bit. Um, they're they have one of the worst offensive offenses in the NBA so far. Yeah, they're twenty eighth on offensive rating. Um, which is not good, but it's actually above the heat, which is a little weird. Um, given yeah. given it's early, but they've lost a lot with Ibaka um, and Gasol. Boucher is Boucher is getting better, but he's not. Um, he's not. Well, he had a really good game, I think, on Friday. I mean, like yeah, he had, he had like twenty points recently, I think. Um, and he, he's someone who can kind of get like four or five blocks in game, no problem. But he's him and Baines combined aren't really giving you the um, sort of output that Gasol and Ibaka were. Uh, Siakam's also Benny. not. Yes, yes. Yeah, Siakam is kind of like <laughs> you. You want you would want to see better from him. Um, is sort of the way to simplify that. You haven't seen the improvement that you you want. No, I mean at the start of, at the start of the season last year around this time he was looking really good with the ball in his hands and going downhill off of pick and rolls. Um, he struggled obviously in the bubble mightily. He's definitely the reason they lost that Celtics series. If he was playing any anywhere close to what he was usually at, they would have won. Um, 
but yeah, he, he's been struggling a little bit. Lowry is someone whose name has popped up in a lot of trade talks um, recently, especially with the Sixers and um, some of these Eastern Conference teams that are really needing a point guard. Um, and we'll, I, I think it would take a, like a pretty bad start for them beyond even what they're even, – even what's happening now for them to um, blow that up. But they've got the Celtics tonight. Which feels a little bit like a gut check game. Um, Celtics are on the second night of back to back. This is a team that they've been rivals with for a while. Um, they've got them at home. Um, I mean, there's a there could be Marcus Smart could be out for the Celtics, but even if you're Toronto, like, um, what? Like even with Marcus Smart out, like that's not an easy matchup. Yeah, yeah, I. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think that if the Raptors sort of see themselves still as this contending team that can get to um, as far as, you know, the finals or Eastern Conference finals, we don't really think that way, but maybe they do. And I'm sure some, some of their guys do. So if they really see themselves as a team who has those kind of uh, goals and aspirations and expectations, they need to start winning some of these big games. Um they were they were really close to the Sixers um, last week, um, and yeah, they're close against the Pelicans as well. So yeah, it came up a comeback. The Pelicans beat them um, twice, I believe, or maybe they dropped the second one. But um, uh, let me check that. Well, they, they definitely won the second one. They last Toronto lost their last game against the Pelicans. I know that much. Well, I know the Pelicans won the first one. Oh, then I guess they swept them. Yeah, yeah see, no, that, that, no, that no, only played once. It's like not a good sign. Yeah, okay. You guys played at the start of the season, and then the Raptors, you guys blew them out the first time. And then yeah. you guys played them again uh, on Saturday and only won by four. But I don't know if that game was, was like more of a blowout than like the final score seemed or – I didn't watch that game, so I didn't watch it either. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, um, hoping to see something from the Raptors tonight. Um, I don't know, Ananobi. I wanted him for most improved. We'll see what he has against Tatum and Brown. But Brown is a guy who's who's been pretty good this year so far. Um, he might be making He's same, incredible. Yeah, I might be making the same sort of leap that Tatum was um, last year. Given that these these results that you're seeing from players, like um, when they're playing the same team twice in three days, and they have two big games, you can sort of think like, "Oh, is that just because they're playing that team?" But that was kind of the case against with Jalen against the Pistons. But if he comes out strong tonight um, against a good defensive team in the Raptors, that have definitely been preparing for this game. Um, you got to think that maybe he is making that leap, like like Tatum did. If he is, then uh, the Celtics just have another guy they can go to at the end of games that isn't just Tatum. Yeah, and I think the shot creation part of it has come a long way. I mean, I think Tatum's still a better shot creator. I think he just has a better physique for that. But, like, in terms of what – like, how he's scoring some of these points, it's not off, like, catch-and-shoot threes and stuff like that. Like, it, it is – he is working for these points. He's getting ISO looks, and they're trusting him with the ball in his hand because he can't – like, he's proven that he can score this year – um, and that's sort of like, I guess, the worry that we might have had about like where Brown is trending towards. And I think those questions, again, early in the season, but I think it's been kind of answered that he is definitely trending in the right direction when it comes to being another shot creator, like you said, for Tatum. Well, he's been super aggressive off of drives, um, getting to the rim pretty early on, um, even more so than he was last year, um, which is a good sign. He's... In the bubble, he's sort of disappeared in a lot of those playoff games, um, and he was really inconsistent there. Uh, hopefully that's something that they can solve, but um, Celtics are an elite defensive team going up against the Raptors. I think that'll be a good game tonight. Um, I don't have much on the Celtics other than that. I think Pritchard has been someone that they've been able to rely on maybe a little more than people thought. He was big. Yeah, that, he's been great. Yeah. yeah, he was big in that Indiana game that they won after dropping the first one. Um, 
And then Tatum has just been Tatum uh, so far. And he had, he had a really good uh, passing game against the, the Pistons where they – not the loss, but the, the second game when they won um, to go along with Jalen's good scoring. Um, and we talked about the addition of Thompson already, um, I think, for the last two episodes that we've done. But the Celtics are, yeah, sort of right where they, right where they belong, I think, sort of like beating our expectations almost. Um, and then – I wanted to do the Nuggets a little bit here. Um, they were doing pretty poorly up until um, the Minnesota game where Jokic just went off. Jokic is off to a great start. He's had yeah. he's had some triple doubles. His passing seems to have gotten even better than what it was. Um, we both had them as the top seed, and we both had him for MVP. Um they may not need he may not need the top seed for them to get MVP if, if his season continues the way it is because yeah I think he's had the best individual season of anyone so far um, yeah it's just like a center getting fifteen assists like seeing what yeah. in what seems like every other <laughs> night is just ridiculous yeah um, and, and I mean he he's been pretty much tearing apart every team that they've been playing against and he doesn't have a whole bunch of great shooters around him either this year. Um, yeah. You know, obviously they lost um, Jeremy Grant, but I mean, you know, they're kind of dealing with Gary Harris going through whatever Gary Harris is going through right now. Gary Harris uh, has uh, just been broken for the last two years. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he can come back from it. There's no nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, it's not what you want. Um, and yeah. <laughs> they don't have uh, they don't have Malik Beasley who was doing really well against them in that Minnesota game, who was always a good shooter for that team. Uh, Torrey Craig was sort of someone they could – Jokic could kick the ball out to as well. And then Murray. Yeah. Uh, there a lot of options there. Yeah. <laughs> Murray's doing his thing where he struggles in regular season and turns it up in the playoffs. He's looked good the last couple of games. He, he lit us up. Uh, I know they lost against the Suns, but he, he lit us up. And then he had, I think, 36 against Minnesota. So things are looking up for Murray. But we'll see how yeah. long it lasts. They also have a Composo, who is this? Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, he he did he did great against the um, Wolves, which was their most recent game, as well as uh, PJ Dozier, um, who is a name. Dude, that... me and us, me and a Nuggets fan were were discussing like if Dozier should like start in place of Gary Harris or get more minutes than Gary Harris at this point. He's like, he... I don't think it could be worse. What's the ar- <laughs> yeah? What's the argument? Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dozier is someone that people might remember from the Western Conference Finals a little bit. He had a really good game two, um, yeah. game three, I think. Uh, like he, I think he like was guarding LeBron like down the stretch and was like really giving him a run for his money and just sort of a hard nosed uh, guard and getting to the line a lot. But he's someone who's he's a big guard too. Yeah, yeah, he's big. Campazzo uh, is someone that they had to rely on to win um, one of their recent games. I don't remember which, but he had a. He's a he's a good fun pairing with Jokic as well, a good passer. Um, they started out bad. Um, I think that Minnesota game sort of has has them trending upwards. Um, I would have been really worried had they dropped that one, but yeah, uh, they were they were able to come out and um, get focused. So, and the losses to Sacramento now don't seem quite as bad. I feel like because Sacramento's kind of come out just hot. And yeah, Sacramento's like. Up. Yeah, Sacramento's not like a, a, a laughing stock like they have been. Um, that's Halliburton. That's Fox getting a little better. Um, Harrison Barnes has been pretty good to start. Yeah, Harrison Barnes has been a revelation. Like, yeah. Renaissance man for them. <laughs> no, he, he's sort of like forgotten. Just like if you're, if yeah. you're in the NBA, and you just kind of like forget who that is sometimes. So, yeah. in Sacramento, but he's, yeah, he's been good for them. Um, and that, that was a contract that we were making fun of like forever, I think. Uh, yeah, or for I mean, it was a terrible contract, but like, yeah, it's fair enough for him, I guess. Hey, we were making fun of Jalen Browns too for a little bit, and right? So, yeah. So, um, sometimes this stuff comes back to haunt you. All right, so <laughs> this um, actually we'll do La- we'll do Lakers first, and then we'll do Suns um, and the yeah. Suns Pelicans game. So. Lakers really seem like they're picking up right where they left off. Um, they had that opening night loss to the Clippers, um, and I believe the Spurs beat them. Yeah, the Spurs beat them once, but yeah, I think Spurs, they lost the other game. A fun Spurs team with uh, K- 
Keldon oh, Johnson. Oh, no, they lost both, but the second one was closer. That's why. They lost both Spurs games? The Lakers won both Spurs games. The Spurs oh, okay. were, like, up for a while, I think, in okay. the second game, but then they ended up losing it. Yeah, well, anyway, the Spurs team is fun because they, they have Keldon Johnson, um, who was bit, who really came on in the bubble. He was sort of no-name before that. Um, yeah, he didn't shoot. Yeah, they're, like, oh they're, God, they're keeping this lineup where they have uh, DeRozan at the four, basically, and Audrey at the five, which is pretty um, strange, but it's been working. Um, DeJounte Murray is someone who's got who's only gotten better and better, better every year. Him he every time so he goes smooth. Harden, when they watch for when they play the Rockets, because him and Harden have some beef, and every time they play, he's he's just picking up Harden like full court, basically. And, he bothers Harden though; like his yeah. arms are so yeah. long. No, I know. I have him on my uh, 2K My Team just randomly. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's been fun. I love him. Yeah. So um, they've got Pirtle, who's been good on defense. Uh, they've got some guys here, especially Kelvin Johnson, who's been someone who's come out and um, surprised a lot of people. But um, anyway, the Lakers, um, they lost that Clippers game. And they lost the Blazers game. Um, Clippers game, I don't really know how much you can take away from that. Uh Sort of like opening night, it felt like the Clippers had a lot more to prove. Yeah, yeah, that's that's oh. sort of the rub that's been on the Clippers uh, past two years. But um, toward down the stretch of that Blazers game, um, they were playing Harrell, and the Blazers were just attacking Harrell over and over and over again, similar to what the Nuggets did um, against the Clippers in the playoffs last year, but even like a little more so, it seemed like. Um, that's going to be a problem for them, I think, um, in the playoffs, potentially. Maybe you throw in Gasol in there, uh, see if he can do a better job. But Or maybe you do date. I don't know if Gasol can close, though, is the problem. Yeah, he might, he, see, even he might have, not have the foot speed anymore. And... He, he wasn't really a closer for Toronto towards the end of, of yeah, some of games. Yeah, they would right? play Ibaka, too. So, yeah. Uh, Maybe you do Davis at the five, but if uh, they if they continue to play Harrell um, towards the end of the games, it's going to be a problem um, because teams like the Blazers, teams teams like the Blazers, I could see Houston doing that, um, and Denver, of course. Yeah, yeah, Denver as well with uh, Murray. So um, anyway, all right, Suns Suns time because they look Suns time. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, yeah, uh, we looked great uh, winning a back-to-back on the road in Utah and then going to Denver uh, and two games where it felt like we were in control for most of the time. And then we had, like they kind of let them, like both teams back into the game towards the end. And it kind of made for a hairy finish both games. Uh, but, I mean, the, like everything about – those wins looked great. Um, the offense seems to be coming along a long way. Um, Chris Paul really seems to be kind of figuring his stuff out now um, with that team. A lot of the timing stuff just looks a lot better and cleaner now. Um, he runs a lot of interesting little like pick and roll looks with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he can like use him in the high post as like a handoff guy and get a lot of like mid-range looks off um, just the like using the big body of Aiton um, and like, I guess the respect that Aiton has come to command in the last couple games, um, he's been able to get some looks off that. Um, Chris Paul in the mid range is, especially in the clutch is just unfair. Um, so now we got two guys that are doing that. Uh, Booker closed out the game against Utah in Royce O'Neal's face, who I know was like giving him a lot of jaw like earlier in the game. So that felt good. Um, Murray also uh, an interesting thing. Murray tried to attack Aiton a bunch off um off switches that they got and they got the switches pretty easily uh and i think he shot three for nine with Aiton as his primary defender he also had uh like a crucial turnover in the fourth quarter where he just like he tried to bullet pass it inside way too high and like Aiton was bothering him uh defensively staying in front of him uh Aiton is probably one of the better bigs in terms of staying in front of guards when he gets like switched on a what you would think is a mismatch um, and he's able to kind of stay in front for the most part in his long, like he's got long, long arms. He can kind of recover a lot better than most bigs in terms of just contesting the shot after the fact. 
Uh, so that's been all really promising. Um, Aiton's offense has come a long way. I know he said in like a press conference um, that he like he's more focused on the defensive side of the ball, but his offense has come a long way. He's actually like looking to score inside. He's going up uh, more with it, which is like actually a huge thing because I think in the first couple games it, it was just frustrating to see him get the ball underneath the rim and then like either look to pass out or he would like dribble out into a, like a mid range, like fade. Yeah. And it's just like, there's no reason for that. Um, so he, he's looking a lot, a lot stronger. Um, he was attacking a lot better. Um, and he, he's going to get the looks because Booker has been drawing a lot of attention. Um, and he's looked to, I think the one fault with Booker right now is that he's maybe looked to become too much of a playmaker um, in, in certain situations, I think he realizes he has guys around him that he can trust now. Um, but I, I think he's just kind of got to go for the kill a little bit more at times. Um, and so he's still kind of trying to figure out that balance, I think, of, of when to go, when not to go, um, when to defer to Chris Paul, when not to. And, and so they're kind of still figuring some of that stuff out. Uh, but, you know, it's all promising signs. And then obviously against the Clippers, really, really bad start. Uh, I think we were down by 30 at one point in the first uh, first half. Uh, mm-hmm. But to come back from that and, and make it a – it was a three-point game at one point, and we had, I think, two or three shots to try and tie the game or bring it to within one. Um, couldn't close that game out, but, like, I mean, you come back from a 30-point deficit, you feel pretty good about it. Um, you just don't want to be in that situation in the first place. But uh, that's definitely a game that I, I felt like – down the line, you know, if, if we're meeting them in a playoff series or something, it's going to be a lot more interesting than, than I think people think. Um, Paul George just was hot that day. Yeah. Can't do anything about that. Uh, I think he finished. Well, in the playoffs, maybe that goes away. Right. So, I don't know. Um, Kawhi was unusually bad. Uh, I Like, that was probably the biggest concern. He was missing a lot of his, like, close mid-range jumpers like within like we're talking like the 12 to 13 foot range where he rarely misses where he's got the low um, arc sort of yeah, seems yeah. Automatic. And, yeah and it just I, I think most of them were just too long and they're going off the back of the rim and it's just like something that i'm not really used to seeing with him um so that was maybe a point of concern i don't know if that was just a bad shooting night i don't know how much the mask is playing in it um, but it's just not a great sign for them if he's like off from like his spot. Uh, but uh, I will say about the Clippers, Ibaka was immense for them in the fourth. Uh, that's a game that I think last year they crumble. Harold gets frustrated. Harold starts missing shots. Lou Williams would have started missing shots. Um, they got Ibaka. He hit, I think, back to back threes at one point in the fourth quarter. Um, and he was a crucial, crucial part. He didn't score a lot of points. His box score numbers don't look great for that game. Um, but if you watch that game, and if you watch that fourth quarter especially, he was a big part of the reason they were able to close that game out. Um, and, and like we've said, you know, Ibaka is a huge help for them because he is going to prevent some of these big, big collapses that we've seen from them in last year's. Um, he's great for them on the defensive end, but his offense is maybe sometimes underrated and uh, he, he can be a big shot maker. Um, so that's been great for them. Uh, but yeah, for, for the Suns, I mean, it's all positives right now. I think uh, offense is still kind of trying to figure things out, but the defense has been uh, just incredible. I think the Clippers game was the first time that we really let a team kind of shoot us out of the building. Um, before that, I think we had like a top five defense uh, in terms of defensive rating. Uh, I think we had the best defense in terms of three-point shooting percentage against us for a little bit. Um, and, and we limited Utah and Denver, both really good three-point shooting teams yeah. um, from deep. Uh, and, and so that's been a huge, huge positive for us. Well, um, what you said about CP3 um, in the mid-range where he's unstoppable, that's big against both of those teams, uh, Utah and Denver, because I feel like I've seen a lot of clips of just like CP3 torturing Gobert, where he's like, yeah. with like the pass fakes yeah. and all that stuff, and where he's just sort of able to shoot over him, even. And same kind of deal with Jokic. I think Jokic is probably a little better at. Jokic struggled with the pick and roll, man. Yeah, he's probably a little better at like keeping himself on the ground, but. Um, not in not with like the speed it's just mobile yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so that's that's something that can be exploited um at the end of games yeah i think i think still maybe defer booker should maybe defer to cp3 a little bit and just be ready for the catch um and the uh 
attacking off the catch there. Same thing with Crowder, uh, more of the shooting. Um, if you've got him in the corner, you feel pretty good, I would imagine. Yeah, and even Mikhail now this year has been incredible. Yeah, even you've got those two in the corners, and that's a pretty good crunch time lineup. That's sort of what OKC had last year, but even even better with uh, Booker being a, Booker being a good scorer there. So, yeah, um, good things are ahead. Um, I think the I think they're a pretty they're a pretty matchup dependent team. It seems like um, a little bit, yeah. Just because like just with the CP three factor, most of all, um, and I, I do think the Clippers have the potential to give them some problems, just because uh, Kawhi and Kawhi and PG just um, being able to score uh, and sort of Kawhi Kawhi and Kawhi and uh, Macau Bridges maybe. Um, they don't. They don't want. They defense. don't. They don't. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying. We want. Yeah. I'm oh, saying. Oh, like, Yeah, that that. Okay. Kawhi being able to stop a, a Booker like relative yeah. to Bridges stopping him. Um, yeah. And yeah. maybe they have no answer for CP3. You know, Paul George. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we'll struggle against both LA teams, but uh, yeah, everyone else, I mean, threes thing is huge because that's especially against Utah and Denver. Um, that's that's something that's been key to playing both of those teams. And, and we crowd them out too. Like it's not they they haven't been getting the open looks either. I think it's not. Yeah, it's like, not like a Bucks situation that. where they're like letting the shitty shooters shoot. No, Utah no, really no, doesn't have any of those. So um, yeah, you know. no, we're closing out. We're like denying. Yeah. A lot of the time, like Crowder no, and Mikhail were like denying Ingles and Bogdanovich from most of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, we'll we'll hit Bucks Heat real quick, and then on to our new segment, Gambling Corner, which I'm sure people will love. Um, but Bucks Heat first. So, Bucks and the Heat. They played two games early last week on uh, back-to-back nights. Both of the games, the Heat were missing Jimmy Butler. Um, the first game, the Bucks come out. They had a 25-6 lead. Their offense looked unstoppable. They hit 29 threes in the game, um, 15 in the first half, which was NBA record, um, or actually 16 in the first half. Um, yes. They won by, like, 40. If you hit 29 threes in a game, you're never going to lose. Um, that was really the story of that one. It was not interesting very early. Like, when I turned it on, it was, like, 20 to 3. So, like – I was like, oh, what am I watching? And then second game, um, the Heat have 15 turnovers in the first half, and we're still able to win beside, behind some great play in the fourth from Hero, Bam, and uh, Dragic. Um, I thought in game two, um, Bradley was able to play pretty good defense on Middleton, which is a problem that the Heat have had um, with Middleton especially. So if he's able to, if he's able to – uh, replicate that performance in the playoffs. Um, if they end up playing each other, that could be huge in swinging that series. Also, um, Bradley is like constantly moving on offense, and it's kind of like he just like he'll cut to make another cut, and it like Bam just has so many chances to give him the ball, and I don't think they had anybody that like is that mobile off the ball. Yeah, well, he didn't even really do that with like the that. Lakers last year, I feel like. Yeah. Kind of like him yeah. just being open for three. Um, yeah, that, that that's a good point, though, because that's – I, I think Drogic probably does that the best out of the other guys that they have, but Hero's not really probably. there yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that that's that's big for Bam, who was a good passing big man, sort of like Jokic and um, Simmons, like we said, where he's just – being able to see the angles because he's so tall. So yeah. not really how, how much you can take away from those two games being without uh, Butler. But um, I think that I, I, I'd be happy to see these two teams in the playoffs again. So um, yeah, all right. on to what you've all been waiting for um, gambling <laughs> corner. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through and just sort of give all the bets that I made last week and how they hit. Wow. And then we can talk about what we want to do this week, potentially. So my first bet ever on my new book last week, I did <laughs> Magic minus six over OKC, parlayed with Sixers minus three and a half. Um, the Magic game was sort of a sweater. They won by like nine. And then the Sixers came out and just destroyed Orlando, which was the game we were talking yeah. about um, earlier in the pod. But um, So that one hit. That was 10 to win, 26. I was pretty happy there. Um, I think the next day I did Wizards minus seven and a half over the Bulls with um, 
Oh, wait. Never mind. The Suns, the, the first one was the Suns minus two and a half and over the Pelicans, and they blew them out. The Sixers game was the second night that the Sixers line hit, but the it was parlayed with the uh, the Wizards, and I think they either lost or they lost to the Bulls like by two or something. Um, so after that game, I was like, okay, the Wizards suck. So I took the so I saw that Westbrook was out, and I took the Wolves money line, and they got destroyed by the Westbrookless Wizards. So I don't really know what to say there. But on the second night of back to back, too, I was just like, I, I was pretty perplexed by that one. Um, so next time I did Blazers minus three and a half over the Warriors, they won. And then I did Magic minus six against OKC again. OKC actually won the game outright. I was surprised there. I don't know why OKC isn't tanking. I think it's really weird. Yeah, no, they're like weirdly good this They're like really trying in these games. I don't understand why. Um, and like Lou Dort actually kind of got better. Like he, he's an offensive option now for them. Yeah, you can, you can, you can shoot. You can do a few things. Yeah. Him game seven was like a revelation. It was crazy. Um <laughs> Also, right. I don't even know what his first name is. I yeah, I don't know who like half their players are, but they're just yeah. Um, like Poku. Isaiah Roby out of Nebraska. Okay, I actually don't know who that is. I know who like Pokushevsky <laughs> is. But... Yeah, but he hasn't even been playing that much. Like, yeah, I, know. I don't understand. I don't know. Um. All right, so I took the Blazers again on Sunday, which was yesterday. Um, and that was the game where Steph had 62 that we talked about. So did not hit that one. So overall, I went, let's see, I have it in my notes here in case I wasn't paying attention, but um, I was two and four. So not good, but I don't know. You'll take it though. Well, positive on the week? Well, okay. So I, I did have some college football one. I had oh, okay. one that didn't hit, and I had an NFL one that did hit. So overall, I was minus 16 bucks. But I think if you took okay. away the two the two football ones, I'd be like minus $4 or something. So it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I'm still going to have to pay out, though. So um, all right, go ahead. What did you – What did you, you, you said something about an under earlier. Yeah, so I have a bunch today. I'm opening my 2021 book today, uh, and so we got uh, Sacramento under uh, Sacramento and Golden State under 234, uh, which I think is an absurdly high over under uh, for that game because I don't think Golden State's going to shoot that well. Like you said, Steph's tired. Uh, it's back to back for them. Sacramento's offense, I don't think, is that good to where, like, they're going to put up, like, 120 or 130. It's good in um, transition, so. but I feel like the Warriors have a pretty good defensive. Uh, yeah, like, especially with Draymond back, though, like, I think they'll be okay. So we'll see uh, how much the minutes restriction, which I think is still on, uh, affects that. But I feel pretty confident about under 234. Um, I got a whole bunch of straight – uh, straight bets on Cleveland plus 200 over Orlando uh, money line, uh, which I I really like this Cleveland team. Wait, is that today? Uh, yeah, that's today. Oh, it is. Okay, that's in like a couple hours of the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that starts at six. Uh, we're recording like early afternoon, so uh, that one might not even make it out for uh, the viewers to actually bet. <laughs> um, and then I got OKC plus nine against Miami tonight. That one I felt a little bit iffy on, but like explain OKC's that one. Played, yeah, I don't, I don't get. That. OKC's played a lot of these teams close so far, um, and I don't think the Heat still have Butler, right? Um, so I feel pretty confident that like OKC's defense should be able to limit. Like for plus nine, I think they should be okay. Um, they've been able to play a lot of the Eastern Conference teams at least pretty close so far. Um, so I feel okay with it. Uh, that was probably the one that I was like least confident about um, today. Uh, it's a bit of a shot. It's a bit of a flyer. But like I think, I don't know, plus nine. I would have been more comfortable with like plus like 11, 12. But like I think they can uh, they can stick around in that game. Um, I got this one's a bit of a weird one. Knicks plus two forty five money line over the Hawks. This is like relying on Julius Randle to like stay hot. And RJ Barrett not to like be really bad, um, but they can have really good shooting nights. 
as we've seen. And if the Knicks have a really good shooting night, the Hawks defense isn't the best team in the world. Uh, so I, I don't know. That one could be okay. Uh, I got Boston plus 170 against Toronto. Uh, they're on a back-to-back. Boston is, but uh, I don't think it should matter. I think that Boston team is just better than that Toronto team right now uh, with the way I, they've been playing. I was looking at that one too. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Because I, I, if Marcus Smart doesn't play, I think that something. If Marcus Smart doesn't play, it's a little bit iffier. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to. I don't know. Like Teague's come in and he's been good. Pritchard. I don't think Teague's playing either. Is Teague not playing either? Man, it's kind of rough. Both questionable. Questionable. Questionable too. So. Uh, yeah, if Teague and Smart aren't playing, uh, this is a tough one to come through. If one of them plays, yeah, they're both day to day right now. So I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what they're saying on Twitter about either of their statuses. Um, so if they both don't play, that's a tough one. It's probably a loss. But uh, if I, I think even if one of them plays, I think that should hit because, like, I've, I'm not been too impressed with uh, what Toronto is doing. And I think Brown and Tatum are both going to feast. Um, we'll see, like, OG prime matches up decently against one of them. But, like, I just don't see where, like, Toronto's scoring comes from in this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, that's what I worry about. Um, and then Indiana plus 102 over money line over the Pelicans. Uh, that one's a little bit of a toss up, I think, because you guys have been kind of inconsistent this season. Yeah, I was going to take Indiana there just because, uh, yeah, like Turner might have like the pick and pop game with Turner, like he might have a lot of open ones. And, and I think Turner and Sabonis are probably the best shot to like at least limit Zion a little bit. Yeah, uh, I feel like those, yeah, big, big team. It's a lot of size inside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry about who Indiana's going to put on Ingram. I really don't know what the solution there is. Yeah. Um, plus, Oladipo had a really bad shooting night uh, last time out, so I'm a little bit cautious, but I don't think he'll have two really bad shooting nights in a row. Um, he also presumably has an easier matchup this game against, I guess, either – well, I guess if they put Lonzo on him, that might be a little bit tough. But, I mean, if he's got Eric Lonzo on him, like, I think he's okay. Um, so, we'll see. But uh, And then I got the over uh, of 229 on Dallas and Houston. Uh, those games are always just, like, crazy high school yeah, that games. Yeah, that, that feels like a uh, um, Yeah. Um, Dallas is – I mean, we'll, we'll see how Dallas's offense comes out. But uh, Houston's offense so far has been, like, electric. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not too worried about that one. What that if, was probably uh, the, the over and the under were probably my two like ones that I felt pretty confident about. The under on that Kings game. The under on the Kings game. Yeah, I might do that one. Um, I was looking there that that Bucks uh, Pistons line has gone up to Milwaukee minus fifteen and a half, which is insanely high. Oh, that is. There's a second there that. when it was it was minus eleven and a half, and I almost took it and I didn't, but now it's all the way up to fifteen and a half. But uh, Budenholzer is really good against his division opponents yeah. for some reason. So yeah. maybe take that. Uh, I don't know. I think that King that Kings one looks pretty good. Um, if you want to risk it on the Pacers, we both like that one. Um, yeah, the Pacers is a little bit more of a risk, I think. Um, I'll be interested in Dallas money line because they're plus one forty six right now. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you're kind of banking on Luca having a huge game. Uh, and the inside defense might be a problem. Like, Christian Wood might, like, cook him tonight. So, I don't know. I don't feel great about that. But it's, uh, that's one to look at, I guess. Are you, are you actually taking the Cavs? I'm taking the Cavs. Oh, yeah. I like the Cavs a lot. Colin Sexton is, like, going to score. Like I, he hasn't not scored against anybody this season. <laughs> so like I don't think, like who who's Orlando going to put on the vaults? I think, or like Fournier. I, I don't like either of those options. Fournier, like, is chicken. Right, like so like I don't know what their plan is to stop him. Um, I think the big problem for Cleveland is how they're going to deal with uh, Vucevic picking and popping, because if you got. Um, Drummond on Vucevic, like that's just not gonna go well, I would think. But I don't know. Vale. 
Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know if Vucevic can really, like, impact Drummond inside. I think there are going to be a lot of putbacks in this game. So we'll see. Um, against a team that normally is pretty good defensively um, in Orlando, but I think that uh, Cleveland has enough options. Surprising. I, I can't believe I'm saying it myself, but I think Cleveland does have enough <laughs> offensive options to, to get through. All right. Um, I think that has it covered for today, um, gambling-wise. Um, yeah. Yeah, just just one quick thing. Another thing I was looking at earlier, you might not even – people might not even be, be able to get this because they're all such big favorites, but if you parlay the Sixers, Heat, and Bucks just to win, um, you could get Ooh. something. But um, some people's books won't even let them do that because they're all such big favorites. So – um, yeah, I probably won't end up being much. It's like no, it's, the box is like negative twenty five hundred. I think. Yeah, no, it mine is. I've got negative nineteen hundred. But okay, yeah, I'm at yeah. I like that Kings. So. I like that Kings under Kings game under, and I like the Pacers uh, for sure. Um, yeah. Utah over Brooklyn might be an interesting one to look at tomorrow, um, depending on what the lines end up being. Um, games in Brooklyn, but I think it. Utah is probably the most likely to light them up from three. Um, I don't know how much you trust the Brooklyn perimeter defense, but I don't. I don't. I really. do not. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> like Donovan Mitchell could have a very, very big game. Okay. Yeah. If I mean, if you're looking at player props, um, yeah. One that's been good so far is like DiVincenzo over one and a half threes made. <laughs> but I don't even like, Solid. I couldn't find that on my book. So maybe you can, <laughs> if you can find that, um, maybe Hit that up. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this has been gambling corner week one. We will report back with the money that we lost or made probably lost, but definitely lost. Uh, yeah. All right, so I think that's it for us. We'll be back next week some point to recap all the stuff that's been going on. So peace out.